Hi everyone, it is me, Anna. Welcome to the episode number 7 of my podcast, Your Favorite Young Adult Bookworm. Small announcement before starting, I made it to the top 100 podcasts on the book section on iTunes Canada and top 200 in iTunes Mexico. Thank you all so much. I can't believe you guys are really enjoying this show. This makes me so happy. Now that I know that you're enjoying this show, you should follow me on my Instagram at your favorite young adult bookworm. Just like the title of this show, I post there many great memes made by me about each episode. They are hilarious. You won't want to miss out on them. Now, Time to talk about today's episode on Shadow and Bone by Leigh Bardugo. This book takes place in like a fictional place, but it is also kind of Russia. And the country where this book takes place is called Ravka. In this world, there is a war between three kingdoms and there is this dark fold that covers half the world. Everyone fears the fold because there are monsters in the fold called Volkra that kill you. It also takes place in the 18th century, kind of. They have some technology, but not much. In this world, some people have powers. They are called Grisha, but they are not like witches or warlocks. They say it's like kind of like science, but it is more like magic, to be honest. The book begins with a throwback. There are two orphans that live in the uh, in the house of a nobleman. They are orphans of war. And then one day two Grisha come to test them and see if they're Grisha. And the kids ask them what will happen if one of them is a Grisha. And the Grisha tells them that they will take the kid that is a Grisha with them to train them. And the kids looked at each other like, hell no, we are together forever. We already lost everything. But the adults did not realize this because idols you know and um, that was it for the prologue the next thing we know alina the girl from earlier is now an adult she's a map maker now and the boy mal is a tracker they are in the same camp they just finished their military training and they were about to go into the fall um they were going to try to cross it with a bunch of other people to reach the other side of Ravka that is unreachable because of the fold. As Mal grew to be a hottie, so you know, dark hair, blue eyes, muscular, while Alina just grew. She's super skinny and pale and she barely sleeps and eats, so she's your typical ugly but not really main character. And they are BFFs now. But there is one thing. She sees him as more than a friend. And well, he just sees her as a friend. It sucks big time for her. And well, the day before they all go into the fall, there is a Grisha that passes next to them. She looks at Mal because he's quite the eye candy. And I forgot to mention, but Grishas are beautiful. Like, really beautiful. Because they do not only have powers, they are also all eye candy. I swear, what a life. And well, Alina gets super jealous, but she can't do nor say anything. The poor thing, I swear. And to make things worse, Mal's friends are like, bro, she totally digs you. Bro, imagine if she invites you to her tent tonight. Man, I swear. But well, it's nighttime and Alina can't sleep. She's afraid and then Mal calls her out of her dorm. They sit a little while and they talk. They joke around and then Mal is like, you are my bestie, Alina. And she's like, 
I know, bestie. And he's like, don't be nervous for tomorrow, bestie. Everything is going to be all right. Well, time to go get drunk and hang with my bros. See you later, bestie. I know I have neglected you for a while, but don't ever forget we are besties forever. And she's like, yeah, bestie, while dying internally. And I was like, oh, why do I feel uh, this is going to evolve into a killer and mercy situation when Alina ends up being badass because we all know she's going to. If you do not know who Killer nor Mary are, go listen to my red po uh, my podcast on the Red Queen because I will be referencing it a lot in this episode. The D-Day is finally here. They go into the fold and surprise, surprise, Volcra, the monsters attack them and they are all getting killed, even if there are Grisha there. And then Alina's co-worker gets killed and she's like, no! And she was going to get killed next, but her bestie Mal saved her. But then the Volcra is about to kill him and then something inside Alina takes life and she does not know what happens. She sees this bright light and then And she faints. The next thing that we know, she wakes up in the infirmary and she's like, oh my gosh, where am I? But most importantly, where is Mal? She's such a sin for him, I swear. A Grisha called Ivan is like, follow me. And there are two other Grisha uh, behind her. And she's like, what the hell is going on? Am I a prisoner or something now? Like, what? And ouch, because I hurt my shoulder. And I was like, wait, what? Why are they treating her like that? But well, Ivan takes her to the Darkling tent. The Darkling is like the most powerful Grisha. He's the second in command after the king. He's pretty badass, powerful, handsome, and mysterious. So basically, my book type. I was like, I see you. Wink. And while the Darkling asks her, like, who slash what are you? And what happened in the fold? Alina's boss goes and spills the tea. He says she starts shining like the sun. And then the Darkling asks Mal, who looked terrible, by the way. And Mal is like, I don't know. I just saw a lot of light coming from Alina's direction. And then the Darkling is like, so... Alina, care to explain? And she's like, there must be a mistake. I did not do anything. Please let me go so I can go and continue simping for my bestie who will never see me as a love interest. And he's like, well, I don't believe you. And he gets close to her and he's like, give me your arm. And guys, like the way he says it, I was like, this is Loki hot, you know? And then he cuts her. And like, there is a thing inside her that comes out of like a mental cage inside of her and it shines bright. And everyone is like, OMG, a sun summoner, OMG. And the darling is like, OMG, Ivan, take her to the palace, do not stop and take a healer to heal her. And she's like, wait, what? And Ivan is like, move. And the darkling is like, she's Grisha now, so treat her like so. And I was like, damn, the darkling guy, I'm digging him. And well, Ivan takes her, Alina turns to look at Mal, the love of her life, and the dude is just like standing there doing absolutely nothing. 
thing. And I was like, so much for besties sticking together forever, dude. But whatever, who cares about you when the sexy AF Darkling just appeared? Alina is fighting a little bit. She is like, no, there is a mistake. Do not take me. I need to continue simping for Mal. We belong together. And Ivan is like, the Darkling does not make mistakes. Just get over it. And well, the healer heals her. And then there are two other Grisha that travel with her and Ivan. She makes small talk with two of them. They are chill, not Ivan though. And well, they get ambushed by some of their enemies. They are all fighting. One of the ambushers gets a hold of Alina and he's about to kill her. The Darkling and part of his army arrive just in time. But the guy has a knife and on Alina's neck and he's about to kill her. And then Alina screams and then the Darkling cuts in half the man with his mental powers. And Alina's traumatized, obviously. And I was like shook too, you know. Apparently only some Grisha with a shit ton of power can master the cut. So cutting stuff in half with he, with their mind, you know? And then the Darkling is like, change of plans. I am going to take you myself. And he's like, the girl rides with me. And I was like, <laughs> they are riding a horse together. I shipped them already. And well, several days go by and one day when they are camping, she goes to drink water and the Darkling appears and she's like, you're mistaken about me. And he's like, no, Alina, I know what I saw. Another night, he goes to talk with her during dinner and they're they have this one-on-one -on -one conversation and he tells her that he was about to lose hope in defending the fall that he's, uh, well, not def defending, more like defeating, the fall that his great-grandfather, the Black Heretic, created and she's the key and that together they're going to save the world. And I was like, yes, I'm loving this. And then she tells him some stories that people tell about him. He does not like what he hears and just makes her ride alone the rest of the tree but still comes to talk to her from time to time when they finally arrive to the castle the darkling tells the servant something and she takes alina to a super cool bedroom but together there are a lot of stairs and alina who was in a terrible shape she almost dies there but she makes it her room is amazing it is expensive and she loves it she had never before had a bedroom for herself and I was uh, like my main man, the Darkling, starting with the right foot here, treating her like a princess. After she sleeps for a while, someone knocks at the door. It is Kenya, a Grisha. She helps her to clean up and put on some clothes. Uh, Genia is a Grisha, but she's a low rank one. That is why her kefta is cream color. Kefta is like the thing they wear. It is like a coat slash dress. You can Google it to have a better idea of what it looks like or you can message me on my Instagram and I will send you a photo or something. Also, I forgot to mention, but depending on the nature of the power of the Grisha, they have a different color kefta. But well, back to the story, Genia's power is like making people pretty. They told Alina she was going to put on, uh, well, she told Alina she was going to put on her like magic makeup and Alina was like, excuse me, are you saying I am 
ugly, I mean, I am, but you did not have to say it like that. And Genia was like, oh my gosh, get over yourself. It is the darling who sent me because you are meeting the king soon. So can you just please cooperate? And Alina was like, excuse me, the darling says I am ugly now? Who does he think he is? Although I also consider myself ugly, but still, you know, rude. But then she accepts because she is meeting the king. They are outside the king's court and the Grisha in red and the Grisha in blue fight for whom Alina should enter with. And then she goes like, why I don't just enter with Enya? And they're like, good one. And she's like, what the fuck? Kenya explains that she's a low rank Grisha, therefore she can't, like that can happen. She cannot go um, next to her and stuff like that. But then the Darkling arrives and he says, she will walk alongside me. And everyone goes like, oh my fucking god and I was like oh my gosh oof soon he's not playing around I love this well they enter the darkling who is also an amplifier which means that he makes the powers of who he is touching to get bigger and stronger he helps Alina show her powers to everyone since she cannot call it by herself everyone is like oh my gosh wow she's her savior and then the apparat like the main priest of the court looks at Alina in a really intense way Alina later on meets the queen who is a total bitch with Genia they hint that she's kind of jealous of Genia and that that Genia had like a love affair with the king that kind of was not consensual, but it's not clear what happened, so I'm not sure about that. Then Genia escorts Alina back to her room. On their way, they meet the Darkling who tells Genia to arrange Alina's new clothes, so a kefta, and he orders for it to be black, so his color, that no one can wear except him, the color that anyone will be honored to be allowed to wear and do you know what Alina says she goes like no I want my kefta to be like the summoner so blue I am a summoner after all and Genia looks at her like what the fuck girl what the fuck and I was like what are you saying are you stupid why will you not go for the black kefta I think it was one of the most annoying moments of this book I legit lost it. I was like, Alina, why? Why do you hate me so much? Why do you make me suffer like this? I feel personally attacked by your poor decision. And well, to this disrespect, the darling is like, excuse me? And Alina, like the main character that she is, goes like, I already stand up a lot. I do not want to be the center of attention. I am unlike other girls. I do not like being on the spotlight. Ugh, main characters, I swear. And he's like, whatever, you're lost. Bye. I also want to mention that they do not actually say those words. I am paraphrasing, obviously. In the following days, Genia gives a tour of the castle to Alina. She talks a little about the royal family and she mentions that the second-born prince is kind of different. He left the court to have a more normal experience. I believe this character is going to be important later on in these books because they talked a little bit too much about him for not being special later on. Uh, unless this character ends up being the Heather here, so like Heather like from the Crave series. If you did not get this reference, it is because you haven't listened to my podcast on the Crave series, so go listen if you haven't. 
So back to the tour, Genia takes her with the Grisha with purple keftas. They are the technicians slash inventors. They are called the fabricators with a K. A fabricator named David is the love interest of Genia, but he does not seem to notice her, but Alina does. She can relate, you know, because, well, she can see when, like, there's, like, one-sided love and stuff. David gives uh, Alina a weapon made for her. It consists of like gloves that have little discs that intend to blind people by reflecting her light. Genia later on takes her to her training sessions. Alina has a class of history of Grishas at the library and then she has powers training with Bagra, an old Grisha that looks young. Apparently Grishas live many years, so like they say young I mean, like a lot, like you know, because they live a long life. The darling told Alina he's centuries old apparently and after her training with Bagra, she has combat training with Botkin. Many weeks pass by like this, but there is not much improvement. Movement. Alina can summon her powers without Bagra's help since she is also an amplifier. She does not hang much with her other Grisha friends, Nadia and Mary, due to this. She's scared they will realize what a failure she is. She also writes daily to her beloved Mal, who never answers, yet, like the simp that she is, she continues on writing. She's obsessed with him. She says she can't be happy, like, although she should be, because this life is amazing but she can't because Mal is not there with her and she can't simp over him anymore she also seldom sees the darkling and she's kind of disappointed about it too overall she's basically miserable and well this goes on and on for weeks so now I will list the important things that happen in between her training they might not be in a chronological um, order. Please forgive me, but I read this book two weeks and a half ago and I wrote five enormous papers in between, so my brain is a little bit fried. Well, before one of her training sessions with Bagra, the darling is discussing with the Grisha lady. Alina arrives, the darling steps with her outside and tells her that he wants to get her the most powerful amplifier. There are some objects, amplifiers, it's not just people. He asks her, uh, he asks Alina what she thinks about this. And she's like, oh, is this even a question? Of course, yes. And I am not sure if it is the same night that while talking with her, he kisses her out of like nowhere and I was like wait what and Alina is also like oh my god wait what but I also like this and then Darkling the Darkling leaves for the front and but he tells her before he leaves that um to believe in him and that they're gonna change the world together and he, that he's gonna find her the amplifier and like Bagra like the Grisha lady who does her training She's not happy about this amplifier thingy. She thinks she should like be able to do it by herself with no amplifiers and stuff like that. Another day, um, the Grisha girl that looked at Mal at the beginning of the book comes back and she's super jealous of Alina because the Darkling favors her. And then in one of the combat training sessions, she gets paired with Alina. This gave me vibes of Evangeline and Mary's training arena encountering the Red Queen. And well, Alina, who is who has improved a little bit, is defending herself pretty well and even hit her once. So the girl gets mad and uses her Grisha powers and knocks out 
Alina. But using their powers in the training combat was forbidden. Someone goes and snitches on her, and Genya tells Alina that the Grisha girl came out crying after talking to the Darkling. And I was like, yes, my man defending his girl, yes. And now the most important event that happened of them all so far. So Alina is kind of sick of not improving and mal ignoring her and not answering her. So on her training with Bagrat, the Grisha lady pokes her a little and she's like, you are giving up since the, dar since the Darkling said the stuff about the amplifier. And she basically tells her to get her shit together, that she's the one stopping herself. And it finally hits Alina what I figured out since the first chapter, that she was keeping her powers hidden unconsciously not to be separated from Mal but now that she realized he's deliberately ignoring her she goes like fuck him and unleashes her powers and now we are talking she improves so much and everything the combat trainer Botney gives her a dagger and everything because she's cool now also her health improved a lot she sleeps and eats now suppressing her power was taking a toll on her body and remember I told you Grisha were beautiful but Alina said she was not well now she's freaking beautiful because she's finally herself sincerely nothing like dropping old friends who did not appreciate you as much as you deserved it to have like a full-on glow up I was like sis I love this for you I wish I were this cool but I am weak and give second chances to liars but well let's continue The ball scene is finally here. There is this event where Grisha showcases their powers to the court. Alina is actually excited. Kenya goes to do her makeup and hair. The Darkling sent her a beautiful silk kafta in black, his color, with a little necklace of his symbol. He puts it on and she looks stunning, sexy as fuck. She looks like the queen she is. Kenya and I were like living for this. And well, they go to the ball thingy. Everyone is shook because of her black dress as they should and then it is time to showcase their powers alina and the darkling go together at the end and it is magical alina has never been this happy in her life it was just awesome and after this the darkling and her uh, and her sneak out of like a little while in a room next to the ball thing where the darkling passionately kisses her they are hungry for each other it gets hotter and hotter in that room and then the thing is i was at work when i was reading this and i was like la la ball thing scene yay and then once again they went from zero to 100 without any warning and my jaw dropped good thing we have to wear masks now because i looked like a dumbass with like my like my face because i was so shook by what was going on but well as it gets hotter and hotter they get interrupted by some people that were about to enter the room so they decide to part ways but he asks her if he can join her in her bedroom that night and i was like Oh my fucking god, what is going on? Side eyes emoji. And this is when things get spicier, my friends. 
On her way back to her room, she sees Mal coming out of the office of the Darkling, and she's super happy to see him. And then he pulls on what I thought was going to be a Killorn card, so basically the whiny bitch best friend card. Reference again to the Red Queen, but he does not. He tells her that he thought she died and blah blah. And they fight, they say ugly stuff, and I was kind of feeling for Mal. And well, she gets angry and goes to her room, but she also now knows that he is the tracker that is looking for the magical stack that will give her the amplifier that the Darkling had told her about. And well, she goes to her room and she's crying and lamenting herself. She's like, oh, I, I was feeling so good with the Darkling, but then Mal appeared and old feelings. And I was like, yeah, that sucks, my dude, Philia. And then back red rise, she confesses that she's the mother of the Darkling and that this dark, mysterious hottie is actually the Black Heretic. He just faked his death many times, but that he is the one who created the fold and that he's going to use her and the amplifier fire to take over the world basically alina doesn't want to believe her but she does so she escapes with her help in her escape journey she suffers a little bit but all good and then she's about to get caught but mal is there and he saves her he tells her that he was going to always look for her and stuff they decide to go look for the stack so they have a fighting chance against the darkling with the amplifier their journey is hard but they reconnect and i cannot really like Mal. I thought he was going to be the new killer, but he is not. And when they were just about to find the stack, he declares his love for her. And it was so beautiful. One of the prettiest love declarations ever. I will post the quote on my Insta because it is so beautiful. And then the stack appears and Alina's like, no, I am not going to kill it just for just to make an amplifier of his bones. And as she says that, the Darkling appears. He's like, Oh, what a touching scene, Alina. But do you know what? Touching scenes are for losers. And what are you? That's right, a loser. So he kills the stag and puts on her the amplifier. But because it is him who killed the animal, he's the one that controls her powers just by touching her. And she can't fight back. And well, he's like behave alina or i will kill your beloved mal and i was like damn this guy is not playing around and well they go to where all started they are going to cross the fall the night before the d-day the darkling calls her to his tent and he's like beg me to save your beloved and she does and then he's like i can show mercy alina and then he kisses her and this was and like she was in her mind like he disgusts me but at the same time i can resist this kiss and i just died there because if you have listened to my latest episode you know i have issues i mean i ship maven with mir so obviously i thought this was hot as hell and then he's like tomorrow i'm executing mal this is the mercy i show he will be thrown into the fall to get eaten by the volcra and to this i was like shook like he has zero chill he's fucking savage i was like oh my fucking god he's indeed evil and twisted oh my god and i was like okay so 
I dig this, but he's kind of a little bit too evil, you know, like, he's no Maven, Maven is a sweet, innocent child compared to this man, but he does show some mercy and lets her spend the night with Mal, separated by the cell bars, of course, and while she's taken away by Ivan because of, like, his statement, she obviously loses it, and the Darkling is like, whatever, Alina, make me your villain if that's what you want, and I was like, damn! The next day, the Darkling makes uh, Alina put on the black kefta of the ball, of course. Genya goes to her tent to make her pretty and tells her she is kind of sorry, but it is what it is with the Darkling. Now on the fall, the ambassadors of the other countries are like, oh my gosh, it's their savior. But then the Darkling kills many people with the fall to show that either you do as he says or he will kill you all. And then he throws smile of Alina's circle of light, so out of the ship. Alina's like, no. And then like the good main character that she is, she uses her inner strength to fed by her love for Mal and she realizes that because she decided to spare the stag, the amplifier belongs to her and will obey her, so she covers Mal with her light and cuts part of the sheep in half, just like the Darkling had done with the guy at the beginning, meaning that she masters the same powers as he does, and everyone is like, oh my gosh, the cut! And she asks asks the rest of the Grisha there to help her fight the Darkling, they don't do anything. So she throws herself out of the ship, removes her light protection from the ship, leaving everyone there to die, and she escapes with Mal. But the Darkling is like, I am going to find you, Alina. This does not end like this. Alina and Mal make it to the other side of the fold. He goes to get some clothes for her. They change and they're like, let's be happy now. And Mal is like, yeah, and we will find a way to remove the amplifier from you. But Alina's like, no. And he's like, why not? And then she remembers what the Darkling told her, that Mal will never accept her as she is, that he will always fear her. So she lies to him and tells him it is to fight the Darkling and win. But the real reason it is because it feels like, like the amplifier is now part of her and the end it ended in the middle of the action basically like we do not know what happens to the darkening or anything like we do not know what, what's going to happen like they are there and like I'm like okay there are so many strings set loose I need answers so I am dying to read the second book but first I need to finish the last one of the Red Queen series now, time for my overall review. I think it is a pretty good book. It's quite short, but I could not stop reading it. I was happily surprised by Mal. I thought I was going to dislike him, but I actually like him. Look at me. Who will have thought? The Darkling turning out to be evil was a little bit surprising, but not that much. They, uh, they were going too fast romantically for him to be the typical Prince Charming, you know? I also really like Alina. She's really funny. I remember one of the first scenes with the Darkling, she's laughing and he's like, why are you laughing? And she was like, something I thought. And he was like, you consider yourself pretty funny. And she was like, I'm hilarious. And to be honest, the comments in her mind were really funny. I also identified with her in many aspects of the way she acts and thinks. So obviously I like her because... <laughs> I like myself. However, her making out sessions with the Darkling, although I enjoyed them, they were always, like, they always came out of nowhere. And I was like, okay. But if not, it was a good book. There is love, which is a must for me. Action, drama, funny moments. It's an overall good book. 
not amazing but really good i will give it a four out of five stars i hope the next two books stay as good or get even better well it is finally time to say goodbye do not forget to subscribe rate and share if you like this episode also don't forget to follow me on my instagram at your favorite young adult bookworm and i will see you next week next week with the episode of the last book of the red queen series by victoria aviard see you next week